Welcome to Hispanic Marketing and Public Relations, HispanicMPR.com. This is Elena DelVal, and my guest is Martha Montoya, president of Los Quitos Entertainment, LLC. Today we will discuss Los Quitos and her efforts to reach U.S. Latino audiences. Born to educators in Bogota, Colombia, Martha began her professional career as a teacher of chemistry, biology, and English in her native country. During her childhood, she became very ill and was in and out of hospitals. It was during these periods when she created the cartoon characters Los Quitos, the characters that became her friends and helped her develop a sense of social awareness. Martha has worked with the telecommunications, food, and service industries in various campaigns that were directed to employees, manufacturers, suppliers, retailers, consumers, and the business community. She has been recognized for her entrepreneurial spirit with several awards, including the Latin Business Association Latina Entrepreneur of the Year, the 2002 Hispanic Businesswoman of the Year by the California Hispanic Chamber of Commerce, and the Hispanic Magazine 2003 Award, honoring her as one of the 100 most influential people in the U.S. market. She also received the Film Advisory Board Cartoonist of the Year Award and the National Hispanic Public Publications Cartoonist Award. Martha, welcome. Thank you very much. Let's talk a little bit about cartoons in general. I think it's a topic that we all know a little bit about, but more from the consumer end than from the business end. Can you tell us a little bit about cartoons and the business of cartoons? From the business side of it, huh? Yes. What role do they play at a social level? And from the business end, how important are they and what are how are they useful? Well, um, I would say a couple of weeks ago or even a week ago, I read an article from Ricky Martin mentioning that uh, philanthropy and business walk together. And the truth of the matter is those kitas have been walking that path for the last, well, since I was uh, eight years old, <laughs> business-wise for the last 10, 11 years, because it is a mixture of a social cost plus obviously uh, income that you have to bring to or revenue you have to bring to your company to make sure you keep um, this, the team on board. So it has been a combination of both which gives success both not from the revenue side of it from, but from the social side of it. So it's been interesting and, and, and it has been challenging but it, was, it has been wonderful. What is a cartoon? Los Quitos is really the reality of myself not being able to draw at all because people assume I'm an artist, I'm a cartoonist. And what very few people know is cartoonists are really writers. Um, and, and I say this for your audience, if you, if you open a newspaper, the first thing you do is you read a comic strip. You really don't do watch the, the drawing. After you read the comic strip, then you go back and watch the drawing. So I, I wasn't aware of that. I just used to write and write and write comic strips when I was growing up. Then I realized that I really was a, a writer more than a cartoonist or an artist, per se. And that is where uh, the path started of being a comic strip cartoonist, which is first a writer and then a person who draws little bubbles, um, characters that have feet and legs, and that's it. There is not too much to it. <laughs> and making sure that those five little characters have the sun and the moon as the back, um, as the back end of what's going on in the sea. 
what is the role of cartoons? I know, for example, that we look toward cartoons in my house as for comic relief. But what is the the bigger role, or is there a bigger role for oh, cartoons? Definitely, you bring a good point because there's even an essay written by Mr. Roy Disney um, for the uh, UNESCO and the ONU in regards to what comics, how comics or cartoons can affect a whole society, all the way from AIDS prevention to entertainment. So it does transmit a message, and that has been my continuous business path, convincing corporations, convincing people that if you want to send a message to somebody, you can do it in a more less abrasive, less intrusive way than if you put people in front of too much of a straightforward scene. If you do it in a more relieved comic way, and to that effect, you can see now United States uh, has always been a leader of animation, but now more than ever, um, with cartoons that have a whole meaning, philosophical meaning, that brings moral um, messages, for lack of a word, throughout uh, a whole series or even a whole picture or a movie that now you see. Tell us a little bit more, Martha, if you would, about Los Quitos as cartoons themselves. Is it, it's more than one character, right? Yeah, definitely. Well, it, it, it started with a 200-character family. And um, that the reason for that is, as, you, as I mentioned earlier, I, I am not a, 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 an artist, per se, so I just kept creating characters that would reflect my, um, my mood of the day, whether I was sad or depressed or I was happy or excited. Those 200 characters uh, became my friends for many, many years until I came to this country, to the United States, and I learned from Mr. Charles Schulz, uh, the creator of Snoopy, who said, you know what, Martha? If you have so many characters, people are not going to relate to one in particular. So there's only one Bart Simpson, there's only one Charlie Brown. So start developing those, all those 200 personalities into four or five, and that's how end up being ended up being five characters, uh, three actual, uh, two boys, one girl, and two little pets and the sun and the moon and even i have to mention that when i created all my characters where they were all male characters there was, there was not even one girl in the in the comic world in my world and i had to develop that here in the united states mainly because somebody said hey what happened with the girls and that came from a mother who kept pressuring and pressing the fact that hey you have to be like a guy because you're going into the guy's world and the, the guy's world is one way and one way only and eventually I was able to open to be a, a more female, uh, feminine person with that comic, with that one character, Mima, who allowed me now to be a more feminine girl uh, person than I was long before, <laughs> before I was a, a boy, a tomboy most of my time, and, and that allowed me to do that. So those five characters became my staple of characters that now we use for business. And how do you use them for business? Well, that has been one of the interesting paths that I have taken, and, and, and it has been a very wonderful and experienced lesson, both because I had to mix business with uh, marketing and sales. And if anybody can ask me, if anybody asks me what is my biggest talent, I think my biggest talent has been the ability to switch brains from the creative side to the business side on a drop of a hat, which I couldn't do eight, nine years ago. 
So the fact that I could talk with a corporation and say, hey, you need to send a message of um, whatever that message is and use these comic cartoons and sit down and be able to sit down and draw the message they want to send with the cartoons plus allocating a quote-unquote budget or price tag to what I'm doing, uh, that's the business I started uh, 10 years ago with corporations through the back end of it called the diversity agenda. I, I am very blessed for those agendas and people can ask me, well, do you believe in them? And I do believe in them because they allow me to go through the back door on the diversity agenda and say, look, I have these ideas and this product service. Would you buy them from me? And they started buying from me. So that was the initiation of Los Quitos. Besides the, the regular, what we all know, the comic strip, the one that you put on the newspaper, but that's not what pays the bills. The bills are paid by the clients, which are the corporations and the government. Tell us a little bit more about that, Martha, if you would, because I think if most of the audience is like me, we just know the cartoon end that we see in the newspaper. But you just said something very interesting, which is that those cartoons in the newspaper don't pay the bills. Yes, and, and the cartoons don't pay the bills mainly because when you're walking into the path of newspapers in this country where editors mainstream editors are not Hispanic or minority, well, it's tough to convince those editors that you exist and that, funnily enough, there are readers that exist that will actually read this type of cartoons. Uh, many times I've been compared with Love is, Amor is, uh, cartoon characters, a cartoon character, and they have been published, but because we, quote-unquote, are Hispanic, those, those messages will not be read by anybody. So that... When I found that out a couple of years into the business <laughs> and finding out that I was not paying the bills, I, I decided I had to create a different avenue for my business. Since I was coming from international business, food, telecommunications, agricultural, I thought, you know what? Maybe what I need to do is piggyback my characters into corporations who need to get into the marketplace. At that moment, Hispanic market was all right, but it was not the hardest thing as it is today. Um, and ask them if they could use them as vehicles to go there and encounter both the ad agencies of the Hispanic world who had their own ideas and with uh, that kindly enough received me and will welcome sometimes my ideas will not suggest them to the clients. Th that was a tough time. Nowadays it's more friendly, but at that time was, well, you're completely different. You're cartoonist. You are not part of our ad agency. Therefore, you're not going to be pitched. And the third thing is, well, corporations listen to us through the marketing side. So when I found those three main obstacles, I knew I had to go through different avenues for contracts from these large corporations, and that's what I did. And finding a lot of wonderful diversity managers at that time were, were starting the divisions in the, corporate, the corporations, <clears throat> and asked them, hey, can you help me with this? And they, understanding that I really had a message and I could present that message, uh, allow me to get going on business. In what venues can we see Los Quitos? Oh, nowadays in, uh, corporations have used them all the way from the state farms to the Department of Agriculture to the Walmarts to the Bank of America. M many corporations are clients of ours now. Whether it's directly nowadays, which everything nowadays, industries transform so fast than when Many years ago, I was in business. Um, it used to be just direct straight to the corporation. Now you can you have to tie it in with some 
social cause, which I did at that time, but now it's more prominent that you do a social cause attached to it. So give an example. If a society of Hispanic professional engineering want to send a message for cartoons, well, we get paid for that. But it is the corporations who are actually putting the bills to a nonprofit who pays us the bill to make sure that we send a message of more engineers or excitement about engineering careers for kids. So you see there's now more players into the game than when I was 10 years ago just going through the diversity manager who will buy directly the rights. I would say, okay, here it is, the, the PO, print uh, the products, ship them to us, and that's the end of it. Now there's, uh, it's more intricate uh, than before, and it's a transformation of society. Are the Skitos available as promotional tools for these companies as well as in as general cartoon strips or are they exclusively in the for-profit and non-profit domain for specific corporate goals? Well, that's a good question. It, it is, it's both to answer that. Um, so when you find a corporation that will want to send a message and pay us to get it through a non-profit, that's one venue. But you also find the other venue, like newspapers and education. You have to understand that now the landscape of the uh, United States is changing. And when a large corporation tells you, hey, even though we have stores in main, main places, 15 top markets, we also want to make sure that you address the little town, I mean, the, the town Tulsa, where there is a whole chicken farm area, and we have lots of Hispanics there. But then the Hispanics are influencing the mainstream America. We have now newspapers in education, which is a way to get to the, to the kids. Initially, it was the Hispanic kids. But now it has been developed as a way to present to the general market what the Hispanic market is in a fun, entertaining, and still respectful way. So it has those two, two areas that has been developed, while at the same time the licensing side of it, um, licensing has been one of the interesting industries for me because it's intellectual property. It is very much controlled by the entertainment industry. And though many people have embraced the, main, the Hispanic world, licensing has been one of those interesting industries. So um, I make sure that whatever we license have two things, have uh, either good way to send positive messages to kids in many ways. Long before obesity was an issue, we were talking about that. I came from the food industry, so I knew this was going to happen. Uh, engineer, science, and math, long before I'm a chemist, myolo biologist myself. We, we make sure that the licensing contracts have attached either a donation to an organization of that kind or we can influence the kids with that product into and the message integration in it. Can you give us an example of some of those uses uh, that you've done in integrating the cartoons with a specific campaign? Sure. One, one, one would just uh, launch, uh, took us, I would say, a good couple years um, it's a product that is a fermented drink, which we all drink in Latin America. We, it's a typical thing we drink le like nothing, like every day. But to tell a buyer in this country that we Hispanics eat fermented drinks and that 50-some percent of us are lactose allergic, but we still need the elements of the milk for our nutritional values, and especially our kids, that was a challenge. And we were able to convince many buyers now that it is a good product. They put the, place them in the floor, 
and now it's really selling very well. I mean, overselling, to be honest with you. And the fact that I was able to get to address a lactose-allergic issue in our community, getting the vitamins and elements to my Hispanic kids, but at the same time making sure that there's a business uh, revenue for the retailers, that, that was an interesting thing. And combining the fact that it's made in China <laughs> with uh, some uh, international uh, challenges has been a really interesting one. But that tells you one example of what we have done to make sure that it's, it's more than just a product with a character stamped and put them in the store, which we had done many years ago, and I learned my lesson that we shouldn't be doing this. I'm sorry, what was it that you had done? So, that we did that a long time ago where we they would take their characters, they place them in some product, and they expected the product to be sold just for the sake of it. And I'm not in this uh, world for that. I'm really to make a change and a difference. So we learned a lesson, I would say, six, eight years ago. So anything we license now, we're very careful to make sure that it is impacting our community, kids in general, and uh, making a difference. So although... You, you sell the cartoons and the message for private industry purposes. You require that there be a social message incorporated into that. Did I understand that correctly? No question. That, that is a, a, a must. And uh, sitting with a major retailer, uh, they were taking the master license, and that was part of the contract. And it was, a, a, I would say, five years ago, it would have been an issue. Elena. Not today. Today people are understanding that if we can utilize any avenue to send messages to kids, the same way we send messages long before about other things, they will do it. So it is not a challenge anymore. It used to be, but now we can do that. We've come a long way. It has come a long way, but it has helped the fact that a company like Nickelodeon has been told they have to do that or else <laughs> has helped us in the community, in the business community. Are Los Quitos in Spanish only or are they in English as well? Start, it has always been a bilingual comic strip, mainly because I came from a bilingual world. I was uh, raised in a bilingual school my whole life in Colombia. Uh, I understood both languages either way at, at any time. And I thought it was interesting that you could do that. And so when I came to this country, though I launched them as, as a Spanish cartoon strip, it always had a span, an English version of it. And when it goes overseas, it's translated into whatever the language is, and Spanish. So if you go to China, you'll see Mandarin and Spanish. Or if you go to Switzerland, you'll see it someplace in French and Spanish. Um, just because the bilingualism has somewhat caught up, and it was also the Ricky Martin effect several years ago, the fact that people wanted to learn the Spanish, and they have seen this comic strip as a way to see a message and see it in two languages. Martha, are you a cartoonist full-time? I am a full-time business person and a 5% cartoonist. 95% <laughs> business? 95% is business. And 5% is the actual is creative. creative. Yeah. Unfortunately, I would, I would love to have, the, have it the other way when I met Mr. Charles Schulz. He spent all his time doing cartoons, and I thought that would be my life, but it has not happened. And hopefully it will happen one day, but right now um, we all have to work double. I know what you mean. <laughs> and, and no offense to my, my wonderful gentleman, but we women have to even work three times more. <laughs> uh, my industry is very, very, um, if it's a Spanish world, it's very male-dominant and very mature men, and uh, women have a hard time pulling out of that. I have not been too much involved in the 
Spanish-speaking cartooning world, which is, I think is tougher in my mind and in my experiences than even the mainstream United States cartooning world. Uh, and in the cartooning world here, the fact that um, entertainment mixes with cartoons, uh, it's, an, it's two different industries in one. Who is your target audience for Los Quitos in both the 95% business and the 5% creative process? Who are you targeting? That's a good question because 10, 11 years ago when Internet was not such an issue, cartooning in the newspaper was the target for kids. Now kids don't read newspaper, as we all know many. Uh, they are in the Internet world. And also the entertainment platforms are completely different. So they are definitely always, they have always been the kids. It's just that I have to transform with the kids wherever they're going or migrating. I have to migrate with them. So it is definitely kids at my core is 8 to 12 uh, because the message is a little bit, um, uh, requires to think a little bit more than just a, a simple five-year-old cartoon strip. But on the other hand, it triggers down to the little kids. And on the newspapers, which we stayed in the newspapers, now it's really for the grown-ups. So you have two distinct audiences, a youth market, 8 to 12, and an adult audience that is reading Los Quitos characters, cartoons? In the newspaper world, right. I noticed you also mentioned international youth in China and France, etc. Would you tell us a little bit more about that? Los Quitos is translated into Mandarin and French. Would you tell us a little bit more about Los Quitos sure. internationally? As a comic strip, it has been asked or requested to be printed in many other places. It's, it's kind of a snowball. One newspaper would see it in one city and will transfer it to another one, or one trade show will we will be seen in a trade show, and then the other some newspapers will pick it up and so on. So we started, I would say, twelve. No, I'm sorry, eight nine years ago with a distributor in Spain who would distribute the, news, the cartoons throughout Europe. And that took us, for whatever reason, into Asia, which is India and China, and a couple other countries there. Um, it is a message. The message were, my messages were always social. We, I have never changed that. Um, it's just that you have to really look into the comic strips, and after you read them, you will see that the inspiration comes from the magazine called The Economist. I, I read The Economist, and I come up with a comic strip. I read the Newsweek and I come up with a comic strip because it's about social things, social causes. And so that translates all over the world, no matter where you are. Uh, it's not a criticism to the system. It's just a matter of fact of what's going on and how you feel about that matter of fact. And it could be one word or the other one. Um, could be about abortion, and you'll never know that it's there, but it is there. It could be about uh, social... Um, discrepancies, and you will not notice it until you really read, you, you look at it careful. <laughs> but people think that they're very innocent cartoon strips, and I always challenge them, look careful. You mentioned using The Economist, and I think you said Newsweek? Businessweek, Newsweek. Mm -hmm. As your sources for inspiration in creating the cartoons. Right. And you mentioned a youth audience, an adult audience, an international audience. But the one thing I haven't heard you mention, even though you said the cartoons are bilingual, is a Hispanic audience. And I think that's very telling. Are you targeting Latinos in the U.S.? 
you know what? You bring a very good point, and um, because I have been told I'm a Hispanic cartoonist, that's what I have been told, and that's what I have been so far. Interestingly enough, out of the United States, I'm not a Hispanic cartoonist. I am a cartoonist. Um, and that has been a challenge because the ones who welcomed me in this country were the National Association of Hispanic Publications, who said, hey, we understand what you're saying. We'll publish you. The mainstream editors don't see it yet. Um, they don't understand what I'm trying to say. Um, it has to do with many uh, aspects to it. So you, you ask the right question. I am targeting really the kids. Kids in general are obese. Kids in general have uh, issues with uh, engineering and math. Kids in general have issues with uh, parental issues. But what happens is that I'm a Hispanic. For some, for some reason, I have been labeled that, and I try my best to just present the world what I am and happens to be uh, general points. Um, and, and that's the reality. At the same time, we know from demographic data following the census and a number of other researchers that the fastest and the largest growing segments of the U.S. market are the youth markets, that the traditional, I'm sorry, are the youth and emerging markets as they are described, meaning what used to be called the minority markets. And among those minority markets, Latinos are the biggest group. So we know that Latino youth are a very big part of the future in the U.S. Are you, in reaching out to young, your young audience, are you keeping Hispanic-specific concepts in mind? Sure. That's a very valid question, and if anybody can, um, would like to check my articles 10 years ago, I was saying that. I was saying the next president of this country, the next leaders of this country were going to be Hispanics, and we're seeing it now. But you know what? Mainstream was not understanding what, what, what I was talking about. I was seeing it. I, I, I had had the pulse of the community many, many years before many had it. But census had taken slowly but surely the data in. And until 2005 is really when it hit. Oh, you know what? It's the youth market. <laughs> 2000 was the year when they realized Hispanics were taking over, but before that, when I started the company in 1996, 8, nobody was seeing youth as the core of what was going on. So it is, has been, and will be my main market because they are the new mayor of the Los Angeles. They are the new legislator in uh, Washington, D.C., and it's the next future engineer that will be discovering things. So it has always been and will always be. It's just because my passion too, my passion has always been kids. I was raised with parents that own schools and universities. I love kids, I enjoy kids, and I love those, um, how they discover the world um, in different times and ages. But still, kids have been always my passion. Do you, in your sources of inspiration, such as Business Week and Newsweek and The Economist, include any Hispanic-oriented media or media that are looking at the Hispanic markets? Um, when I am creating cartoon strips, I address the way I see the world, which comes from a foreign country into a new, into a new world, which is the United States. Uh, the discovering of things, which is what kids do. 
discover things all the time. So when I read The Economist and it is about an issue of war or an issue of unfairness or an issue of poverty, that issue I try to bring to from a different world into this world. From a kid's point of view, it just happens to be, look, that's why people say, oh, it's so, so innocent. That's where the innocence comes from. But if you look deeper, you'll find the bigger picture of an Economist article about something in Namibia, for example. And I, that's how it comes out to be. How do you promote Los Quitos among U.S. Latino audiences, or do you do anything specific to reach out to those audiences? I used to a lot uh, to target the Latino community. Um, I learned my lesson that there are a couple things. It's, it's called econo the economics of business, right? Um, in the Hispanic world, we are less, we have less percentage of advertising dollars, less percentage of any dollars spent in our marketplace, re regardless of the percentage of population we have here. So what I did is I switched and I went to the mainstream kids world to target the Hispanic world. And there's more dollars and cents there. So that's how I have been able to turn around the company from a, a different perspective because I was fighting with budgets of we're targeting the mom, we're targeting the mom. And the kids are the ones who tell them, I want that car, I want this house, I want this drink, I want that cereal. But my Hispanics were not understanding that. I think they're starting to get it, but I think it's going to take a couple years more before we understand more that the dollars have to be spread out among, yes, parents, acceptance of buying something, but kids pushing the parents to do whatever. What language do you find to be more effective in that outreach? Definitely for me, it's English. It has to be English for the kid. has to be Spanish for the parent. <clears throat> and the reason for the parent in Spanish is because, for example, in my case, even though I'm a, I speak English, when my kids come home with papers from the school and they're very informative, I, I feel more comfortable if they're in Spanish. It doesn't mean that I cannot read English. And that's something that I can eventually understand. But if they would have come in Spanish, I would have read them faster. <laughs> so I put myself as an example, and I make sure that anything we do, we do bilingual. One for the kids to read fast and understand what's going on, and for the parent to feel comfortable reading that what they're doing for the kid is the proper thing. Martha, would you tell us a little bit more about the characters themselves? Earlier you said that there were, I think, three male characters and yes. two female two, characters? two male characters and one girl. So we have uh, Picarito, which is the blue one. He's a very Caribbean, flavory, party kid. Uh, he always gets the characters in trouble. Um, then we have Piquito, which is the one who sees pink everything. Life is sweet, everything is perfect, nothing happens. Everything is going to be fine. And then we have Mima, which is the girl. She's the one who balances the whole action on the fact that she researches, she she investigates to make sure that whatever the characters are doing, there's a backup to that. And then we have two characters, which are Pigoletto. He's the nap guy. I love that character. Lately, I'm starting to like a lot. Take life easy. Don't have the nap. Don't don't stress out too much. And then you have Colito, which is the little uh, dog who runs around and uh, enjoys everything the characters do, and it's kind of the pet for all of them. Uh, no matter what. And then you have the sun and the moon, and that comes from the influence of the coffee farms. I grew up uh, every summer 
where you guide yourself with the sun and the moon and you just appreciate them so much and they became the backdrop of the comic strips. Do you find that different audience groups respond more to particular characters? Definitely. The, the one that they like the most is the blue one, the Picarito, the party kid. That's the one that seems to be, I don't know if it's graphically only. Uh, we have done some low research, and it comes out to say sometimes it's graphic, sometimes it's his actions, which is the mischievous with all the things that we would like to do that we don't do. Is there an ethnic preference? In other words, do Hispanic children have a different preference for a specific character? You know, you know, cross board, um, it would be the blue character, Picarito. Um, the girls definitely tend to go towards the girl because of the girlish things. Um, and that's why that one character is so important for me because it's the, the, the smart one, the intelligent one. I want the girls to look into being feminine, which I found myself later on life, but at the same time being smart and, and talented, which sometimes are not um, not uh, things that the girls look for, but now through characters that are in the entertainment industry and through me, my character, we are start, starting to send a message to the girl that you can be both things. And, um, and in general, it's the blue character. In terms of where they see them, you talked about the Internet earlier and being where your audience is and the audience has been migrating toward the Internet. Would you tell us a little bit more about that? Well, definitely the kids are moving that to that marketplace. So what we're doing is <coughs> creating websites of um, the same things that we do, the comic books, but we're converting them into Internet. Uh, we are making sure that we have more content driven in our website. Not our per se website, but the websites we do for many publications. So instead of just the comic strip, we're doing more than that. And that's where we have been moving lately. What do you see down the line in terms of trends and changes or any new products or characters that you might be introducing? Or places where the characters might pop up? What what can we look forward to in the future in relation to Los Quitos? I think that as long as I keep doing what I wake up every morning and enjoy doing, which is making sure that the characters have a real social cause, not the sake of having an animation show for the sake of it, not having a product on the shelves for the sake of it, but making sure that it is affecting the society in a positive way, I'll be happy with that. Um, that is... Trend in the industry or the tendency is to push you to let's be very successful fast and make a lot of money and make a lot of royalties. And you know what? It is all right, but it is not what I came because when I used to talk to people 10 years ago, my business plan is for a 10, 20, and 30, 50 year business plan, they were laughing. <laughs> but that's what it is. And Mr. Schulz taught me that. Today we're represented by the company who represents Mr. Schulz, Snoopy, who, who's deceased by the family. And, and they have the same philosophy. It's for a long-term um, relationship with the community at large. You have moved to a new country. You have launched your own business. You have created a new brand, a bilingual brand that is now going beyond the U.S. borders. What advice would you share with our listeners who are learning about U.S. Hispanic markets 
and want to be more effective, socially responsible, and culturally sensitive, what specific suggestions would you recommend in terms of... I say that definitely you have to look that 10, 15 years ago, many of us immigrated here and we were in a survival mode. Many of us are no longer in a survival mode. We're in a, okay, we're here for long term, teach me, tell me how I can do things better. And I have realized that, I mean, when I see parents that come now who work in a factory or in a chicken farm or in the strawberries and they want to know how the kid is going to university, it, it's wonderful. It's an eye-opener because 10 years ago it was, how do I pay my bill today? So there is an evolution in our mental attitude in the community. And I think that marketers should look into that mental evolution more than the economic. Don't don't be misled by the fact that maybe your boss may be not living in the best standard living standards, but the fact that our mental attitude has changed and we know that now we want the best for our kids and the best for our future and we're all already wondering how do we retire? How do we do the next that I think is what marketers should be looking into more than the today. And what has been historically, what has been. What should they take into account in their marketing decisions? For example, you mentioned that your campaigns are more effective in reaching children in English. Would you say that is accurate in general for youth markets? Is this something that they can rely on when they're launching their campaigns? Maybe, maybe not. You have to be just be careful with with both because it is not just a, it's not a language anymore, a cultural anymore. It's more than that. It's a livelihood kind of attitude now. The first thing that you mentioned was to be, to understand that the mindset of the Latino immigrant has changed. Right. I want to say that everyone should start looking into what mainstream is evolving and transfer that to the Latino community. Don't keep the old traditional marketing tools that we always used for the last many 20, 30 years because we have evolved with it. Our kids have evolved with the new world. And don't try to target anymore those places the old-fashioned way. I heard it a couple of days ago with a major event that happens always in L.A. Corporations are saying, why are we doing this the same way we have been doing it for the last 10 years? Can we do something different? We need to look at the world in a different way now. Okay. In the so in summary, your three recommendations are realize that Latino mindsets have changed and be aware that it's no longer just about paying the bills, but that exactly. there's a look to the future. When using language, be cognizant, be aware that... It may be English or it might be Spanish, but more importantly... It's an attitude. It's an attitude. It's an attitude. And, and, it's, a, and it's a mental attitude. And finally, don't rely on the same old, same old. Keep your mind open to new ideas and new strategies. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Thank you, Martha, for joining us today from California. Thank you so very much for the opportunity to share these thoughts. And to our audience, thank you for listening to cartoon creator Martha Montoya, president of Los Quitos Entertainment, LLC, who discussed Los Quitos and her efforts to reach U.S. Latino audiences. 
brought to you by Hispanic Marketing and Public Relations, HispanicMPR.com, providing you essential information on America's largest minority. Please share your suggestions, questions, and ideas by leaving a comment on the HispanicMPR.com website. If you or someone you know would like to be on the show, you can email me directly at editor at HispanicMPR.com. That's editor at HispanicMPR.com. For more information on how to reach Hispanics with marketing and public relations tools, visit our resources section at www.HispanicMPR.com. That's www.HispanicMPR.com. Dot com.